and welcome to a very special episode of the Back Check, the Hockey History Podcast, where we normally evaluate the cases of NHL players for the Hall of Fame. But this is not that kind of episode. My name is Riley, and I'm with Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right, thanks. And today we are talking about our top 10 defensemen all time. Um, that we've Something we've been sort of teasing and hinting at we were going to do for a while and we're finally getting around to it and hopefully we will have other position players. Um, I don't know why I said position player. That's, I feel like that's a baseball thing, but anyway, <laughs> um, other uh, skaters and maybe even goalies in, in the future, but today we're doing defense and we've decided we are going to start with number one because it's not a mystery <laughs> and go down <laughs> to 10 instead of going from 10 and going to one because everyone knows who number one is. And that is Bobby Orr. Uh, I didn't even have to ask, Bill. Yeah, that's number one on my list with, uh, you know, I almost considered doing a top 10 and just like pulling the old like Gretzky fantasy rule where like you can't draft Gretzky because yeah. <laughs> he's just so much better. But yeah. yeah. Um, and there's many reasons, I think, why he has eight Norris trophies. He also has three Hart trophies. He has the Pearson slash the Ted Lindsay. He has two Smythe trophies for the only two times he won the Stanley Cup. He has two Art Ross trophies. He's the only defenseman in the history of the NHL to win the Art Ross. He also has a Calder. He won the Stanley Cup twice. He is a nine-time All-Star in, what, 10 years? Yeah, I mean, one of the 12 years. He didn't qualify. Yeah, but three, three of those years he played uh, 20 games or less. So of the years that he played in more than 20 games, he is a nine-time All-Star. Um, you could debate his uh, 68 Norris because he only played 46 games. But uh, otherwise... Um, you know, he was, I think most people, the, the debate for anyone pre-Gretzky, the debate is there are some people who strongly believe that Gordie Howe is the best player of all time, um, given that neither of us watched Gordie Howe. Um, we don't know, but I mean, the things that Orr did, no one had ever done before. Yeah, and, and just the sheer dominance. Like I remember yeah. a, a great quote, because well, a lot of people consider the you know, the the, uh, the 76 team, Team Canada, the yeah. Canada Cup, uh, to be the greatest team ever assembled. And quotes from the other players on that Team Canada were saying, Bob Orr is the best player on the ice, and he was playing on one leg. Like, but at that point of his yeah. career, he was just shot, and he was still yeah. the best. Yeah, he uh, played 10 games that NHL season. Yeah. Um, and somehow 20, uh, well, 18 points, sorry. Yeah, he... he uh, he led the league in assists five times somehow. He led the, uh, as I said, he led the league in points um, uh, twice. He was also a ridiculous plus 582 in only 657 games. Um, I mean, we've seen highlights. I mean, neither of us actually watched him. But, like, the thing that I think a lot of people say, and I don't know how true this is, is that unlike future offensive defensemen that he inspired – he was at least somewhat responsible in addition. Um, well, he could play defense when he had to. Yeah, well, I mean, just just look at his, you know, he set the plus-minus record, what was it, plus 128? And I think so. It's something absurd like that, yeah. You know, or 124. It's, really, really it's 124, high. yeah, it's 124. Yeah. yeah, So, but I mean, like, that is just preposterous. And so, like, if you're going to say he's bad in his own end, like, I mean, you know, he's... <laughs> like, yeah, the Bruins were a stacked team, but I mean, like, come on, like that's like that's if you had those those numbers in a video game, you'd be you'd be pretty happy with yourself, you know. Well, and they were actually that year. It's it's worth noting that year they were third best defense in the league, despite also being like the best offensive team in the history of the world. I think because that's the year that they scored three hundred ninety nine goals and only seventy, whatever it was, seventy eight games, yeah. which I think was like so far above the record, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they only allowed 207, and obviously that's how you get to be plus 124. But like, it's not, you know, like um, I've, I've I've literally Eddie Johnson and Gary Chee. Sorry, I've literally never heard anybody say he was a defensive liability yeah. ever. <laughs> well, I'm, and I'm just I'm just saying, like, to cut off anybody who might even think that, yeah. like Eddie Johnson and uh, Gary Cheevers had like, you know, fine years. Yeah. Nothing particularly notable about them, though, when you look at their numbers. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to think that having Bobby Orr um, on the team had a lot to do with it. I mean, I don't know. I've always sort of imagined he was 
without having grown up watching him play, Pity was the best. Yeah, like, well, if, I mean, if you do go back and watch some of that footage, it's it, it's like he it's like he's from the future and got modern skates, like skates from the eighties or nineties. Yeah. He's playing in the seventies, and he's just yeah. like there's there's a famous old clip that Don Cherry used to show him all the time, where when they were killing penalties, he would go take the puck behind his own net, and the other team would be scared to go get him because if they go get him, then they're out of position and he can go through the whole team because he's so such a damn good skater. And so he would just keep going around his own net and make them chase him out, and then he's gone. And, like, he would just undress the whole team. Like, you know, these are obviously highlights. He didn't do it every play, but he was, like, that kind of a skater. Where it's like, if he gets going, like, you, that's it. You're toast. Like, he's just going to do Bobby yeah. Orr things. And I, uh, just on a whole other level, you know? This this is just silly, and, and I'm just bringing it up because I have it in front of me because I, I – I, Bill and I were talking right before it started about our different approaches. I went like insanely exhaustive. I went like I did some stupid shit in order to come up with this list. It, I spent hours of my life. <laughs> um, and and uh, anyway, one of the things I did is I looked at uh, hockey reference point shares, but per game over a career. Uh-huh. And Bobby Orr is the only defenseman. Um, so there are only three defensemen to ever have a, uh, Point two point shares per game in a career, and um, two of them played in the first five years of the NHL. And Bobby Orr obviously played much later, but you can go even further than that. If you go, uh, you have to go down to Popman at eleventh with point one five before you get another defenseman who played any time after nineteen twenty eight. I think or no, no, one guy. Oh, sorry, Eddie Shore. Sorry, nineteen forty. But only Eddie Shore is the only guy who played that long the rest of them played much earlier because of course point shares have changed because schedules gotten longer and all that stuff anyway it's it's like he's he is so far above his peers in that particular metric which is you know not amazing but it's a value thing um it's just like he's 0.8 he's 0.08 ahead of pop fan but like there's nobody else from their time you know it's pop and bork are way down at 0.15 and then again it's all these guys around them are all from a completely different era. Um, and anyway, that was just something I, I discovered. Um, he's, you know, I, I did the, I created these very various charts of like dominance and he, he, for awards wise, he actually finished second to Bork, but that's because Bork played much, much longer. Right. In terms of various points and nominations. I mean, Bork has like, Bork has, 19 all-star game appearances and 13 first team all-star. So if you give any kind of weight to those things, he's going to beat everybody else. But like Bobby Orr second in that, but he's, he, he obviously beats everybody. I had a point share list. I had a point share per game list and I had an offensive stat list. And Bobby Orr is at the top of all of those. In addition to just being very clearly an incredible player. There's, there are people who do not think he's the best player of all time. I think they still think he's the best defenseman ever. Um, I have seen some people rank him as low as third or fourth all time, which is crazy to me. Um, but I also didn't see him play. So I could just be drinking some kind of Kool-Aid, but I think not. I don't know. It just, he did, he trans, he transformed hockey in a way that I don't think it's very hard to appreciate for people who have grown up with the idea that defensemen skate up the ice and like shoot, you know, and, and like can dominate a game, you know, with the yeah, puck on at both ends of the ice, and mm-hmm. you know, be, be the best skater on the ice, and yeah. like that, that doesn't happen anymore. Kind of like I remember uh, when when McDavid is about to come into the league, and people were talking about how good he was going to be, and I can't remember if it was Drager or it was one of those PSN guys. I'm, I'm going to say Drager, but it might be, uh, but he just sort of said, you know, it's going to sound. Like, maybe it was Gordon Miller. It was one of those guys. Um, he said, you know, it's going to sound like hyperbole, but when I think of his skating, I think of like or. Burray, uh, and I, he, he, uh, maybe like Fedorov. He listed like three of the great skaters of all time. Yeah. He's, like, he's kind of he's kind of like them rolled into one. Like he just he skates differently than anybody else. And then you yeah. see him and you're like, holy crap! So like if for anybody who's like listening, never saw Bobby Orr, doesn't think he's the great. You're like, well, picture if Connor McDavid was a D man whipping around the ice like that all the time. Like he just. Yeah. Go watch some old footage. It legitimately sometimes looks like he he has better skates than anybody else. It it does sort of look a little bit like he's on fast forward sometimes, you yeah. know. 
Like, and nobody else is. Like, somehow they're like, he's moving up the eye. Because I haven't watched a ton of footage, but I've watched some, and I'm always like, Jesus, he's fast, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I, I, I think even even without that, it's just the sheer, the fact that he was able to score as much as he did. He won the scoring title as a defenseman. Like, how are yeah. you not going to think that guy's the best player? It's, it's like, never, it's never happened again. Exactly. You know, even yeah. with, even with other extraordinary, like Paul Coffey never did it. Yeah. You know? And he scored a lot. <laughs> he has scored an absolute ton. Yeah. yeah. Um, so shall we move on to number two, since there's literally zero debate about this? Yeah, let's do. Okay. Who's your number two? I've got uh, Dennis Putney. Oh, Okay. Um, I have Ray Bork, um, but I am very okay with Denny Pavan being number two. Um, I have Ray Bork because, like, first of all, again, I only saw Bork play at the end of his career, um, and I never saw Pavan play. But, like, Bork just has, like, this, like, so I should mention, he has five Norrises, um, he has uh, a Calder, he has a Clancy, who cares about that? He has 19 all-star game appearances but more impressive than that he has 13 first team all-stars which as we were talking about in the ray bork episode is the second most ever after gordy howe um it's the most by a defenseman by like a lot he also has six second team like he was literally on the end of season he was considered one of the top four defensemen in the league by the writers for 19 seasons um also as I've mentioned many times on the show, many, many years ago, I tried to like do a sort of like amateur statistical thing to see like who should have won the Norris based off of like, you know, a, a, a version of point shares that I fiddled with. And it actually bumped up Bork's Norris's in my calculations by one or two. Um, it actually said that he had, he, he didn't deserve one of his, and, but he deserved like two or three other ones that he didn't get, including I think one that Paul Coffey won. And anyway, um, I don't know. I I I know Bill. You always think of that that particular clip, uh, but like but it, it, it's it's not just that, but it's um, I I I feel like i feel like he he was he was a dominant very clear like his whole career he was a top five defenseman in the league the whole way through no question um and like i remember you you telling you know when we did the bork episode how ridiculous some of the stats were and i i, I actually knocked him up a lot higher than i used to have him based on that episode um yeah. but to, to me that you know the the denny putt bang you know four cups in a row coming in sort yep. of uh you know be, becoming becoming the ultimate foil to Brad Park because you know Orr's finally yeah. <laughs> here comes Denny and takes the Norris's away. Although I believe uh, I believe Robinson had a couple of those as well. Um, yeah. uh, like it's to 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 me it's you know and you were just saying before that you came up with the point share thing and it's like there's Orr and you know and then you have to, before that you have to go all the way back to Eddie Shore. Or it's Pot Vang, and I believe you said he and Bork like tied, right? Yeah, they're tied. They're tied. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to me, yeah, to me, and then like, there's well, a whole bunch of old guys between them and Or. Yeah. Yeah, I I I think Bork played a lot longer, and so his yeah. overall career stats are going to be uh, more impressive. But I think if you take them both at their peak, I'd probably want Pot Vang, not by a lot, but Pot Vang would get the nod for me. And it's it's sort of like what I what I was saying to you just before we uh, started to record, just like I I didn't. I specifically didn't look at any stats when I made the list. I kind of went just all eye test old timers like that I've talked to. You know, I remember talking to one of uh, one of my friend's dads uh, in in his den, and he was talking about great defensemen. And you know, Bobby Orr came up, and then Denny Potvin, and then so my, my list is sort of influenced by by someone whose hockey opinions I really respected. And and yeah. you know, we talked about sort of the best defensemen. And Bork's name definitely came up, but at the top he sort of had this hierarchy, and I, I really tended to agree with it. Um, yeah. So, so mine sort of reflects that. But it's, you know, after we get, you know, I've got a couple of old timers in there, but it's except for four Pot Bank and like two other old timers, it's all guys I've seen play after that, and I'm yeah, just sort yeah. of going eye test big games I remember them playing in, uh, you know, playoff series where I just remember them completely taking over and being like, how, how, what are you doing against that guy? 
that kind of stuff, yeah. right? So. Yeah. So just just to, for anyone who cares, Paul Van, of course, had three Norris trophies. A was in seven All-Star games. He was a first-time All-Star five times, a second-time All-Star two times. And, of course, as you mentioned, Bill, he won four Stanley Cups. And I don't think he ever deserved a Conn Smythe and got robbed off the top of my head, but it's entirely possible that I'm forgetting that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, nothing to sneeze at, obviously. Um. Do you have anything else to say about Poffin? Um, just, just that you know, just that I, I don't think I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure everyone would agree that they're they're not winning four cups in a row, you know, yeah. without him. Um, mm-hmm. He's such a key cog to the team. I, I, I think if it wasn't for Mike Bossy, I think you'd argue that he and and even then, I think it's very close. I think you'd argue he's he's the best player on on that dynasty, um, yeah. or at least the most important player, perhaps, um, like more important more important of a cog in the in the machine in terms of what they did um and then you know bossy just had great i mean bossy scored 50 goals just about every year so it's hard to say you know that anybody was more important than him but putney certainly uh was i I would say the biggest difference maker um you know maybe they still win one or two with without him and and bossy scoring all those goals but i don't think they win four in a row like that and just be so i mean they won 19 straight playoffs absolutely ridiculous and he also he also was like the beginning of that like change for that franchise, right? Because they were like they were an ex- garbage expansion franchise, and he's the one who sort of began. You know, I I mean, obviously it's it's not it was a different time, and you didn't have to attract free agents or anything. But he did sort of you got to assume he helped set the culture too, right? Like he was because he's older than Trotje and uh, Bossy and uh, Gillies and later Goring. Well, I don't know. He might be the same age as Gordon. I'm not sure. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly um, he's definitely on my list. He's not as high as on yours, but he's uh, on my list. And uh, yeah, we, we, we probably flip flopped work and fun, mate. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, actually, no, I, he's not my number three. Works not my number three either. So there you go. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. So maybe we just. But, uh, but, but I, I, I can see your argument for, uh, for Bork because his, his, his longevity plus his like, except for when he went to Colorado, like right at the very, very end when he was just cup chasing where he could have retired a couple of years earlier. Yeah. Like his, his stats didn't really trail off until the very, very end. So they're, they're pretty preposterous the whole way through. I just think at, at, at your, at your peak of your powers, I think I would have slightly preferred Putt Bank, but. I think after or probably my next five or six defensemen, you'd be pretty happy to have any of them. And like I'm just sort of you know picking at straws and. Kind I mean, of, this is the top ten all time. I'm I'm pretty good with all of them. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, who do you have for number three? I have Doug Harvey, number three. Oh, okay. Yes, you have him higher higher than me. Um. Uh, okay, uh, Doug Harvey, of course, being the guy whose Norris Trophy record uh, Bobby Orr broke. Mm-hmm. Um, he had won seven. He also won six Stanley Cups, which is insane. He he was an 11-time All-Star. Um, and I'm just going to see how many times he was a first team, if I can find him. He was a 10-time first team All-Star, which is crazy. Um, only one time a second team, which is weird, but he, <laughs> his career wasn't. Well, it's fairly long, but he, at the end there, he was on uh, some uh, not so good teams on New York and Detroit and St. Louis, and also at the beginning of his career, he didn't he didn't get that much recognition, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, he was he. Some people consider him number two all time. Yeah, so well, that's that's sort of like what I was what I was getting at when I was talking about my friend Zad, and he, you know, we were talking about how we were watching Bobby Orr highlights, and he just said, you know. The only other guy I've ever seen skate like that, Doug Harvey. And boy, before Bobby Orr came along, he was the guy. If you play yeah. defense and you watch Doug Harvey, you're like, how does he do that? So, um, you know, and it's so again, I'm just sort of going with like eye test or like anecdotal, you know, people who I know watched those games. And yeah. uh, and then, you know, every everything I've read about him, it's like, yeah, he was, you know, if, let's say Bobby Orr hadn't come along, maybe he'd still be talked about in those breathless ways of like, maybe the greatest of all time, but I, I feel like because Bobby Orr came in and uh, maybe, maybe more, uh, there's more footage of him, uh, you know, yeah. it's in color. He scored the, the famous flying through the air goal that, you know, kind of over, maybe overshadowed a little bit what Doug Harvey had done. But I think it's, uh, 
he was sort of the the beginning of the like you can have a great skating defenseman back there sort of like the old rover days and let him dominate a game kind of thing you know so yeah and he was along with Ray Kelly he was the highest scoring defenseman the league had ever seen at that point I think um though Ray Kelly was slightly more um so for number three I have Eddie Shore oh uh, yeah Uh, and that I mean, based on nothing, uh, based on reputation and awards, um, I obviously didn't see him play, but he won four Hart Trophies, which is um, tied for like third most ever or fourth most ever or something like that. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I I know when we did our Hart series, I sort of said like he didn't deserve a couple of them probably, and I wanted to give him the Charlie Conacher, and I still sort of feel that way. But given that there was no Norris Trophy, at the time, um, it does sort of feel like he also finished second in Hart Trophy voting another time in addition to the four he won, plus top three another two times after that. Like, he just constantly was considered, uh, for a period of about 11 years, he was considered one of the best players in the league by the the um, writers, and I, I obviously have never seen him play uh, a second of hockey. Uh, I have no idea if this is a hot take or not, but I, I was trying to, by using, doing the opposite approach of you, by using um, various things like awards and stats and stuff, I was trying to, like, take take myself out of it a little bit, because, yeah. of course, if I if I had gone with, um, like, my big, uh, well, we'll probably get to this eventually, but, like, there's one, there's a guy who's not on this list that's it's killing me that I don't have on my list. Yeah. Um, and, uh, one particular because I watched his most of his career, if not all of it, and because I I thought it was you know well the second best defenseman of his era, but certainly one of the best two that I and like I was you know I knew I'd put him on the list if I didn't do something like this. I don't know. I have no idea about Eddie Shore. I just I just think that like he has a reputation of being the best defenseman pre Doug Harvey. Um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's got he's got a huge rep. Yeah, he's, he's on yeah. my list as well, but uh, but quite a bit lower down. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that, I just that, that also you just put three Bruins defensemen one two three to start, and you knew I was never going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I didn't think about that, but you're right, and that's sort of awful. And I wish that I hadn't done it. Now that you said that, that's it. Um, that's it. The podcast is over. We're done. The good news <laughs> is that there are no other Bruins on this list for me. Oh, <laughs> so kind kind of running out, eh? So yeah, um, well, yeah, Brad Park being the only one who might have had a chance, but uh, he's not. Um, anyway, spoiler alert. Um, all right. Who's your number four? Uh, I have Nicholas Lidstrom. Oh, tie! We have a tie! Hey, there we go. Hit the post. Okay. All right. Uh, I, too, have Nicholas Lidstrom. Uh, winner of seven Norrises, four Stanley Cups, 12 All-Star appearances, a Conn Smythe, an all-rookie uh, team. Not that anyone cares about that. Uh, and also uh, 10 first-team All-Stars and two second-team All-Stars. And as much as the Lidstrom rule did indeed exist at the end of his career. I personally, when I was watching hockey, like really, really dedicated um, in the very late nineties and in the aughts, like he was very clearly for a, a chunk of time, the best defenseman in the league. It was incredible to watch him play. It was a privilege. Like I just, I was in awe of him all the time. I know people were giving him a break near the end of his career in terms of not finishing their checks on him. I understand that happened, but like he was just an incredible, incredible player to watch. Yeah, um, he, he was he was dominant without uh, without sort of having that physical dominance that that a lot of defensemen have to have to sort of get their edge where they're you know really working the body, they're cross checking a lot, they're and you know they start to the referees are like. You know, like Shea Weber last year, it's like, yeah, that's a penalty on any other defenseman. Not on Shea Weber. We're not going to say that elder statesman thing. Um, But, you know, Lidstrom had, he had size, so he didn't have to, like, physically throttle you. There were lots of other Red Wings doing that. Um, You know, they always had a defenseman who seemed to be able to lay big hits. Um, You know, they had guys like Chelios, they had uh, Cronwall, they had, like, they had other guys who could step up and, and sort of put the put the fear of cutting over the middle in you, but Lidstrom was, you know, all skill and 
you know, poise and uh, just always being in the right spot. So you sometimes you made it look so easy. Like other, if he didn't score any goals, you wouldn't notice them all game. And you're just like, wow, he's just he's always on the ice and he's always everywhere. And I think you're right. Red- I think you're absolutely right about the looking easy thing. I, I, my memory of him is just like how like unbothered he looked all the time. He looked, he made it look effortless. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was just incredible. Like, cause like I felt like I would get nervous for like other players with the puck on their stick when they're bringing the puck on the ice, and never with him. And I don't know. It was just. It was really. He was. I. He was also a member of like. I, we've talked about this before. I'm sorry to bring it up again, but like my favorite sort of like non Leafs team, which is the, uh, you know, well, the, both the 2008 and 2009 Red Wings, I just like loved. Yeah. Unequivocally. It was like, it was like almost perfect hockey. Like, yeah. Like I honestly, I know they're statistically better teams in existence, but like that was like my ideal hockey team. Both well, of those. I just, just thought they were fantastic. Amazing. Just the way they played puck possession and controlled yeah. it so much, it was just. I, I remember, like, I was I was living in Japan at the time, so like, you know, I'd, I'd catch Canucks Canucks games when it worked for me, right? Like, you know, the yeah. Canucks game is on, and it's like 11 a.m. in Japan, so I watch like the first period before work starts or something like that. But um, I remember my brother sending me this long email, and then you know, towards the end of the email, he's like, "Oh, by the way, if you haven't been watching this season, you have to watch the Red Wings play hockey. Like, yeah. they just." It's they always have the puck. It's like I can't. I've never seen any team play like this. It's crazy. The other team just looks like, what do we do against this? We never have the puck. We're always chasing, and they just—they're so well organized and yeah. got so many clutch players, and they're all fast and just um, oh, they've always got it. Like it's crazy. And I'm like, then I, I, you know, I saw them in the playoffs. I was like, oh yeah, they are good. <laughs> and I, so, I, I know I said this many times on this show before. I'm still, still. 12 years later, can't believe they didn't win two in a row. Um, if Lindstrom would have shot yeah. the puck along the ice, they would have tied that game because Flurry yeah. kind of came across in the air. And yeah. I, I still can't believe they actually got the puck over to him for that shot. But also, don't forget, Lindstrom had that like uh, groin, like groin nobody really knew yeah, what yeah. happened. Like if his testicle yeah. had exploded or yeah. he had a sports hernia, but he was playing like maybe 50, 60% capacity. Yeah, and they still came that close to winning. So I mean, if they've got healthy Lindstrom, they probably yeah. were like, oh, and if Chris Osgood didn't turn into uh, you know giant sieve and just give uh, Max Elbow the whole net, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. No, I know. Yeah, and I think like you know it showed that even even at that stage of his career, he's 38 years old and he was still essential, right? And oh, him being hurt was right. a huge huge problem, and he was quite old. Still, I mean, still, I still dominant. Yeah. He is. He is, I think it's very safe to say, and I understand that this is contentious in the hockey fan world. Not everyone feels this way, but he is the best defenseman that I have personally watched play hockey. Um, and I don't think I've, it's... I've, I've got him ranked the highest, even though I, I, it's, it's pretty close with me for, for yeah. a few other guys who will come just after this. But uh, yeah. that's, like, in terms of like his overall career and just times when I saw him be dominant, you know, like late 2000s yeah. middle 2000s you know uh you know like yeah turn of the century like just he was he was there was a there was a decade long stretch and i think it was actually the second half of his career where it was like man this guy is good and like just if they didn't have him they'd be good but they'd be flawed and it's like with him just like well what do you want to do they're gonna get you eventually, kind of thing. And and I just realized I have to put a little caveat on that. I did watch Bork, but not very much, and mostly on the Abs. And for whatever reason, when I w- when Bork was still like in his prime, I was just a Leafs fan. I was not a hockey fan. I was a Leafs fan, yeah. and so I didn't really watch Bork to the same way that I watched like '30s Lidstrom. Um. Anyway. Uh. But yeah. Um. So technically, it's not true. But you know, the guy who I watched more of his career. Um, anyway, so who do you have uh, for number five? Well, I was gonna say that's an interesting segue, and then uh, and then oh. I realized no, I, I flip flopped and it was close. But uh, okay. I have Chris, I have Chris Pronger next. Oh, so that is the man who I am most upset about leaving off my list. So oh, no upset way. about leaving it off, and I'm glad yeah. you have him on your list because it it's killing me. It's killing me that he's not on my list because I love Chris. <laughs> it just it's it, it just that 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 
again, sort of like Lindstrom, like he, he was always great, but he had like a stretch of years where it's like, if he's on your team, you very well could win the Stanley Cup this year. Just by the, the lone fact that he is on your team, yeah. your odds of winning the Cup just went like crazy high. Um, you know, drag the Oilers to a cup, drag the Flyers. To oh a my cup. God! He, did he ever drag the Oilers to a cup? Oh Almost God. to a cup. Yeah. That I still there is a game, there's a play, a specific play. I couldn't even tell you what game it was in anymore. Where I was, I, I was driving across the country, finding myself or whatever, the summer, <laughs> the spring and the summer that the Oilers went to the finals in 2006, and I was in the East Coast. I might have been on a ferry from Newfoundland to Nova Scotia or something watching this this game. I don't even remember exactly where I was. That's a great place to watch a hockey game. Yeah, well, they had lots of TVs on this ferry. Um, and it was a very big ferry. If, if it's going from Newfoundland to Nova Scotia, it would be a very big ferry. Um, and I just remember there was this one play where he just, like, he held the puck in at the blue line and then, like, deked somebody, despite being a gigantic human being, um, and passed it to, like, Pisani or somebody like that. And they scored. And the only reason it was it, the puck stayed in was because of his ridiculous reach. And then the only reason the puck got to Pisani was because he was able to, like, you know, deke around, despite being huge, deke around whoever was... I, I don't even remember who was charging at him. Um, and I was just like how the fuck did you do that? You know, I remember sitting there like after the play ended, I don't even remember who scored the goal. It, I think it was Pisani, but I'm not sure. And I was just sitting there like, like, and I didn't, you know, I was by myself. Well, there was some other people at the ferry, but I didn't know anybody. I was, I was driving in the country by myself, but I was just like staring at the television. Like, I don't understand just what just happened. Like it was so fluid for a man who is as big as he is. Um, I believe yeah, he's taller than I am. He's six six. Um, yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah, I thought he was six. I thought he was my height for some reason, but he's taller than me. Um, anyway, I just that was I was already a fan, but that Oilers team, yeah, converted me completely. If I had any skepticism about not being a fan, but I was already a fan. Yeah, I also well, he, he was he was dominant in St. Louis, and they had that great pairing with him and McInnes. Yeah. Um, you know, McInnes was a lot older, so he didn't he wasn't the most fleet of foot anymore, but they just played so well together and it was so annoying to play against them. And just for whatever reason, probably because they had all good as a goalie, those blues teams could not go anywhere, but they should have, they should have been better in the playoffs. It was the best Turk as well. Don't forget Roman Turk. Oh yes. Yeah. Turk. Good old Turk. I, it would be <laughs> that, really, that, I would that really goal, like that goal from center still blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was actually, I was despite, kind of liking the blues that that made me very happy because i really wanted the sharks to win that year um i uh i would love to know like i wish the league had recorded ice time prior to 98 99 because for the two seasons after they recorded ice time pronger was playing half an hour a game and i would love to know if he was playing half an hour a game before that too because i think it would just only just add to like the immense like to me like you know, we talked about this in the Pronger episode, but like the fact that he won a heart trophy, there are people who look back at that and go, "What the hell are you talking about?" Like, no, he he was playing half an hour. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody else was doing that, and was, and they were like the was, best defensive team in the league. Just going. Yeah, I, I would say from about took him a few years to get going as it yep. usually does with D-men, but I'd say from about ninety-eight to about twenty twelve, so like a good. 13, 14 year stretch, he was as dominant as a defenseman yeah. kind of can be. Um, I, I would say, you know, the, the stats and the trophies and everything really helped put really helped me to put Lindstrom above him. Yeah. But in terms of like just completely taking over a game and being like, oh, they have that guy, I'd be like, shit. Like now our team's not going to be able to score it basically anytime it's on the ice. And, and, and the thing it, is, like, Pronger could have won three cups. Yes. And he only has one. But he, you know, the Oilers didn't quite get there and the Flyers didn't quite get there. But, like, he was instrumental on all three of those teams. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I I mean, the fact is that Oilers team was not very good, <laughs> aside from yeah. him. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, he, he changed their team completely. Just And same, same thing he did with the Flyers, too. That Flyers yeah. team was 
good, like an okay team, playoff team, yeah. whatever. But like he made them, like he's just such a difference maker. It was unbelievable. Yeah, um, yeah he played twenty nine minutes a game in that Flyers run. Yeah, yeah, and 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 he was getting older, and and yeah. don't forget too, like he was, he he sort of put the fear of God. He was he was dirty. You know? He got suspended yeah. for a game yeah. in that Cup final when they they beat Ottawa. Uh, he ste- stepped on Ryan Kessler. He cross checked people. Like he was he was a he was one of those like sort of. A little bit of a throwback defenseman, where like, yeah. and it, you know, for for a lot of defensemen like that, I'm always like, well, yeah, he was a dirty piece of crap, blah 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 blah. That's why a lot of people like, you know, don't like Scott Stevens, even though back then you were allowed to hit like that, although it was very close to the edge. Um, yeah. It he, he he was dirty, and I don't think he even like would try to like say like, no, I wasn't dirty. But like, yeah, I was pretty dirty. Like, it's the way I played the game, but. It was like almost just enough of an intimidation factor, but even though he was kind of dirty, sometimes you knew he he was great without it, and there was no denying the greatness, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For some people that might knock him far down the list, right? Like some people hate shitheads like that, where they're they don't need to be dirty, but they are anyways. And it's like, well, not everybody's a gentleman like Nick Lindstrom. Some people have yeah. to, you know, take their stick and smack you with here and there and do sort of dirty things. It's just kind of the way they've always played hockey. But yeah. I think in terms of just like his overall, j- just sort of the overall way he influenced the 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 tilt of the ice at both ends, I think I think I gotta have Pronger in my top five. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I should mention that my fifth overall was Pafan, uh-huh. so who, we, who we've already talked about. We we, um, we, we almost flip flopped because I went back and forth between Pronger and Bork there. Like, yeah, so we, um, we almost flip flopped our putt and Bork. Just to just to go over it, just in case I didn't already. So Pronger, uh, a Hart, a Norris, uh, only a four-time All-Star, which is insane. Uh, won a cup, all-rookie, and if I can find it, he was a. Um, sorry, I'm just looking up. Uh, two-time first team and three-time second team All-Star, which feels a little bit less than should be, but also he played in a bigger league than some of these other guys. All right. Um, sorry, let me go back to my overall list. Uh, so up next, number six, who do you have? You said Bork, I have, right? I finally have Ray Bork, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, although, like I said before, I like my original list, I had Bork at five and Pronger at six, yeah. and then I flip-flopped them just because, I don't know. Something you said during the I actually flipped them during the podcast. So. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so you, you can tell that my list is uh, a little bit fluid, but yeah. now I'm in there leave it that way. So I have Al McInnes. Oh, really? Huh. You have, uh, you have him much higher than I do. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, Norris, Smythe, uh, the, the Smythe being just insane, scored yeah, 31 awesome. points in 22 games. Um, uh, cup winner, uh, seven-time All-Star, and then uh, his, let me see, his first team's uh, Four-time first team, three-time second team. I watched the tail end. I watched defensive defenseman Al McInnes play, not offensive defenseman Al McInnes, because I was not a hockey fan in 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always, I was very impressed with the defensive version of him, and I think his offensive numbers are kind of bonkers back when he was still playing that way. Um, but also, I was, like, as I said before, I was trying to like let at least somewhat let the awards and stats and stuff decide for me. And they really liked him uh, because in addition to those awards, he also just had a lot of, uh, um, well, he had, he had some recognition, like some nominations and stuff. And then also I did have a stats page and that really, really helped him his case because of course he scored a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, as given that I didn't, I only watched the end of his career. I can't, I don't have a, like a, a really vigorous case to make here. I just like, I'm trying to go with the list. Uh, I will, when we get to the end of it, I will tell you one, I did make one editorial decision on this. Um, not on him specifically, but uh, relating to this position um, and uh, on the list. Uh, so McKinnis has actually taken somebody else's spot, which I'll talk about, I guess, at the end. But um, yeah, I uh, I just, that's that's sort of what my, my obsessing over various data points did and I have no problem with it because when I watched the tail end of his career I, I thought he was a very impressive hockey player and 
Um, I really, I really like those blues teams, even though I kind of rooted against them sometimes because they were really good. Yeah, but like, yeah. there was something about them. I don't know. I, I, I was compelled by them, and I, I liked both McInnes and Bronger. And um, yeah, I, w- I wish I, I wish I watched the '89 uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, and I could say crazy things about how great McInnes was, but I didn't because I was eight and I was a baseball fan. So. <laughs> I, 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 that was the first cup final. I think I, well, actually, I think the first time I watched the playoffs pretty much all the way through. Yeah. Uh, before that, I think I'd seen the, uh, the, the Oilers and the Bruins the year before. But yeah, I remember watching that one. I just remember it, like when Al McInnes wound up sometimes, it looked like Patrick Roy got shot. <laughs> just, like he'd get yeah. hit with the puck and just die. Like, oh my God, that hurts so much. Because <laughs> the equipment was not that great back then. Yeah. So, um, yeah, every time he wound up, there's that old story of, um, um, uh, like it was a preseason game and a whole bunch of like veteran NHLers are there and they Al McKinnis gets the puck at the point and somebody just screams Al's got the puck and they all just oh yeah you told me about that yeah <laughs> See, it's such a hard shot it's ridiculous yeah um, yeah all right uh so that brings us to uh seventh who do you have I have Scott Niedermeyer okay way. I don't well, even know where he is on my list. You had like the, the, the McInnes and you wanted to put Pronger there and then I put Prongmeyer together. Um, yeah. But just because even like once they combine their powers, obviously they want to cup. But, yeah. uh, you know, Niedermeyer was that. It, it's interesting. My D-list has a lot of great skating defensemen. Yeah. Um, but to, to me, Niedermeyer was the was was the guy the guy who, you know, he played that well with Pronger and that well with Beauchemin as well, uh, but also with Scott Stevens. Like no matter who he was with, that pairing was going to be pretty amazing. So okay, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll have to. Sorry, I'll bring him up here so we can summarize. His, so he has one Norris, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, Con Smythe as well, four-time All-Star, uh, All-Rookie, four Cups, of course, um, notably, and then just. Jumping down to the uh, uh, four first team all stars and one second. I did not remember there were that many first time. Oh, Riley, you're not very nice to him. <laughs> I uh, I uh, I had him at um, that bumps up his position a bit. Um, all right. Um, sorry, I gotta find back where I was. Um, all right, so I have Larry Robinson. At this oh, spot. okay. Um, and again, another player I didn't see play, but uh, won four cups, was m- member of the greatest hockey team, well, greatest NHL hockey team of all time. Um, two Norrises, six cups, sorry, four cups in a row, six cups total. The Consmith, six All Star appearances, and um, how many first teams? Uh, two, three first teams, three second. Um, everybody sort of like very, you know, I, I, it's been a little while since I read the game, but like, you know, I really enjoyed reading what Ken Dryden had to say about him. Yeah. It really helped sort of, sort of help me imagine more his style of play. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, his, 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 his plus seven twenty two. Is just mind-boggling. He came within four of of tying Bobby Orr's plus-minus record one year, um, and I know it was not just him. I know he was on a, a just a fantastic team, but you know it's a chicken or the egg, right? Yeah. Are they the greatest hockey, NHL hockey team of all time because uh, because they were just that good, or is it because you know these individuals were were just really you know. Um, they just have some absolutely stellar players. Um, some of all parts versus uh, some other, whatever the opposite of that is. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I'd never watched him play, but uh, the, the, the spreadsheet told me he was, and I have no problem with it because everything I've read about it, everything I've heard about him, the little bit of footage I've seen, um, I think he belongs on the yeah. list. Well, we, we we shall see. There's still three numbers left, right? So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, weird yeah. How, it's weird how I went like in the middle of my list, 
Like I started out with like guys I never watched play, and then I insisted on putting like four guys I saw their entire career right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. But it's again, I did the eye test thing, right? So it was like first I went with like opinions of like you know like obviously Bobby Orr, everything I've seen, people have talked about him, and then Putvang, and then Harvey, and it's like sort of that. Yeah, if you look at their sort of you know everything they accomplished, and then all of a sudden it was just I remember this guy, I remember this guy, and then I just sort of played around and ranked them and. Just kind of, uh, it's interesting the way I did that <laughs> on on the back of uh, on the back of a pack of batteries while I was uh, doing something. Was like it that. really on the back of a pack of batteries? I, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> that, really, that makes me happy. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, who do you have at eight? Uh, Eddie Shore. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and and I, it was interesting. I, I only wanted to put one old timer there. Um, cause there were so many more guys that I've seen play that I really wanted to make sure I mentioned. Um, and so I was like, it was between him and Red Kelly and I'm like, well, they mentioned Eddie Shore and Slapshot. I think I'm going to have to go with that one. But, you know, his, it, I mean, his reputation, the, the, the heart trophy, like, it, you know, speaks for itself, right? I mean, look, look yeah. at how high up he was on your list. So. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea if that's reasonable or not, but I'm, I'm tr- I was trying to, you know. I, I don't think, I don't think he's one of those guys that's so legendary. I don't think you can leave his name off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all right. Uh, I have, uh, I should find where I was in my list. Um, I have Ray Kelly. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, that, then they both got mentioned, so I feel better. <laughs> I, I just, um, I don't know. Um, Red Kelly to me, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I sort of, I feel like, I heard some kind of legend that uh, that it the Norris was invented for him um, because he was making it hard for them not to recognize uh, you know this this very um, uh, talented offensive player who was playing defense at least for part of his career and I get it having Red Kelly on this list is a little contentious because he did play center for like the last third of his career, whatever it was. Um, but I just think that like, he was the best offensive defenseman pre Bobby or I think that's fairly well established. Um, he did sort of change the game um, at least a little bit. And uh, I don't know. I, again, I didn't watch him play, but people thought he was, you know, after, after Doug Harvey, uh, people thought he was the best defenseman of his era. You'll notice that I haven't said Doug Harvey yet. Um, I don't really oh. know why uh, that happened. I blame oh, the spreadsheet. Laugh for me. It's because of the Toronto Montreal thing, isn't it? It's totally because of the Toronto Montreal thing. <laughs> Completely. There's no other reason. There's no well, other now, reason. Now I'm, now I'm really glad I left Red Kelly off my list. So there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, uh, that's who I have. I guess I should. Uh, I guess I should tell. Um, I should mention. Um, this bring up. Because what? 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 I think he won one Norris. Yeah, he won the first ever Norris. Uh, four Bings, eight Stanley Cups, eight. Though some of those were as a center. I know. I know. I know. Um, and uh, he also was a. Uh, First team All Star, um, one, two, three, four, five, six times, all as a defenseman, and a second team All Star twice as a defenseman. Those were all before he became a forward. So that's a lot. Um, yeah, and, and that's probably why, frankly, he's ahead of Doug Harvey uh, because of all. I don't know. I don't actually know why he's ahead of Doug Harvey, but that's what the spreadsheet told me to do. So, um, all right. Uh, who do you have uh, at nine? Uh, number nine, I have Kevin Lowe. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it at somewhere, but I had to do it at a reasonable enough time that for a half a second you think I'd lost my mind. Um, I, I have Larry Robinson, number nine. Amazing. Okay, yeah. that's great. Glad to hear. Donovan defenseman hit a guy so hard he moved the boards once. It was like the one guy, like everybody was like, um, he doesn't really fight, but if you do fight him, he'll kill you. Like he was just so intimidating and so great. And I, I remember him at the very tail end of his career for like the Habs and like 
88, 89, and just him being like a big goofball, having a good time playing hockey, and seemed like a very nice guy. So and I, I liked him, but I mean, his dominance early, earlier in his career when the Habs were just like unstoppably good, it's like out of those three defensemen, he's the one, right? So yeah, yeah absolutely. Got to get on that list. Um, all right. Uh, I I have Doug Harvey in this spot. Oh, uh-huh. So uh, again, don't really know why uh, I chose. I mean, it was really close on my spreadsheet. They're apart by like less than two points, and we're talking about out of like 500 points because I went crazy. Um, so uh, I mean, it was basically a tie, uh, but for whatever reason. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I think honestly, if I'd like editorialize a little bit more, I probably would have flipped them around. Uh, put Doug Harvey above Ray Kelly, um, but uh, especially because Doug Harvey at least played his entire career, it feels stupider and stupider the more I think about it to have Kelly ahead of Harvey. Um, I did this a little while ago and then didn't think about it apparently. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think you know he's very. I so my only my only issue with Doug Harvey having not watched him play and the reason I. I a reason I didn't really worry too much about the fact that he was at the bottom of this list rather than in the top is it does feel like some of his, his much like with Lidstrom, even though I was watching Lidstrom. So I was able to sort of like evaluate for my own that some of his Norris's turned into like sort of like career appreciation, just like with Lidstrom last Norris, Doug Harvey's last Norris, he was a minus. Um, And he was also on a like, not very good Rangers team. And you're just like, yeah, you know, like the, the lifetime. The, yeah, I, I get it with the lifetime achievement, or like, yeah, you know, two, two other guys split their votes, and he just gets the respect. Yeah, votes, he wins that and he won. Like, he came in second in hard voting on that that team, and like, they were garbage. Like, I don't know what people were thinking, except for the fact that they knew he was a really good player. Now on a shitty team. Yeah. Anyway, I just sometimes I wonder about like that kind of stuff happening and i feel like there was like this sort of like momentum with him where he was just getting norris's every year because he was doug harvey and that definitely happened a little bit with lidstrom but the difference is i watched lidstrom play and knew he was good (laughs) you know and doug harvey i never i never saw so i still think he was a great player obviously he's on my top 10 list of defensemen and and now that i've said it out loud i really do think i should have switched reg kelly and doug harvey's positions Uh, but uh but yeah i just i just i don't know i remain slightly skeptical as to whether or not like some people think he's like the third best defenseman of all time or even the second right and i just i i would have to go back and watch a lot of habs footage before i would believe that but that doesn't mean he wasn't absolutely great he just you know he played at a different time when there was a lot lower competition and frankly they were still figuring out what the hell the norris meant and they actually they're still figuring that out but all right, for your number 10 uh, person, who do you have? Okay, so number 10, I'm going to go with like sort of pr- the process of the number 10 is the hardest one. Um, yeah. So at their peaks, and so like I, I thought about it and then I'm like, well, so I, I was like, Eric Carlson, man, for about five years, that guy was, and I'm like, then he went to San Jose and he's just wow. Um, you know, he's had injuries, but like when he's at his best, he's, he's pretty freaking phenomenal, but didn't make the and same thing, Drew Doughty. He had a you know six year stretch where I thought he was going to be, you know, the next uh, you know in this top ten list, and then I was like, eh, he's kind of falling off a cliff. Same thing, Shea Weber. Um, uh, Weber had a lot more longevity, but maybe not as high of a peak as uh, yeah. as uh, Doughty and Carlson. I um, loved Shea Weather so much at one point. Yeah, it's, dude, so good. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Then I got into uh, sort of like my top four of guys that I have seen play and that I really thought belonged. So I had, uh, so I had uh, Brian Leach, Al McInnes, uh, Duncan Keith, and uh, Chris Chelios. Mm-hmm. Um, then I remembered that I hate Chelios, uh, and I hate Keith, and I hate Leach. So it's going to be Al McInnes. But all of those guys, it, for a while it was Leach, and then... I started to think back on it. So I was like, I was like, Leach, he won the Smythe. And then I'm like, well, so did Keith. I'm like, well, so did Al McKinnis. And I hate both those other guys. All right, it's Al McKinnis. Um, but it, it, it actually, I switched my circle over to uh, over to Al McKinnis uh, once you 
were going through why you had him on your list and you were like you reminded me of just the the, the insanity of 89 and then reminded me that he was still playing like amazing hockey into like up to like the locket in 2004 i'm like he yeah. won the con life and 15 years later he's part of like the best defensive duo in the nhl yeah, yeah. he's pretty good i think maybe he yeah. can go yeah, yeah that's fair um and uh yeah and i i mean i i i don't know maybe i had him slightly too high i think where you have him is pretty good um but yeah i think he does and i think he gets sort of like for some reason, it feels like he gets sort of underappreciated now for whatever reason. I don't know why. I, I think I a lot of people don't don't think he was very good defensively. Yeah. But when they were in that pairing in St. Louis, he and Pronger, like, he was. Like, they were yeah, really yeah. good. But, but because he has that bomb of a shot, they're like, yeah, you're just like an offensive weapon. But, like, he was never a rush it up the ice. Well, maybe a little bit in the beginning in Calgary because it was the 80s and everybody was yeah. just skating all over Hell's Half Acre. But, like... By the time he was like the rock solid, I'm going to score 15 goals on the power play with my bomb of a shot in St. Louis. Like yeah. he was just a rock solid defenseman with a gigantic shot and who played as not like over like like not overly aggressive, but like basically as mean as he had to be to get the job done. Kind of thing. Yeah. So this is a very good segue to me having to do a mea couple. I made a mistake, and it's a really um, good lesson to learn that if you ever do make crazy spreadsheets about hockey players or anything that if you want to exert a list of the top 10 players, you should do so on like a separate page and not just oh, read no. them off your list. Because I actually did have Chris Bronger on my list. He's number 10. The problem is, is that I have a spreadsheet and he's in cell 12. And so when you said him earlier, I, uh, I thought, well, there's no, he can't be, in, he can't be on the list because he's in cell 12. And so I said, he's my biggest regret leaving off. I have another regret. Um, so I can replace that one. Um, but like, yeah, so I have him in 10th. Um, yeah. And so it makes me feel much better because I, and I together again. yeah, yeah. And they're together <laughs> again. They're, it's a good, we've somehow created their pairing with our, uh, our number 10 defenseman all the time. And I, I just, I don't know. I was sort of like, when we were talking, when you brought him up, I was like, how did I manage to leave him off this list? And I didn't leave him off the list. I just can't read. Well, I can't do addition on the subtraction on the fly. Um, I have a confession to make. Uh, wait, I wait. Click- one, one thing. I want to switch my ranking. Sure. I'm going to switch Bork and Pronger again. So okay. that Pronger and McInnes are together at 6 and 10. That's quite funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. We should, like, definitely publish this. Um <laughs> You you have to send me your list after so I can. Yeah, like... I'll, I'll just take a, I'll just take a picture of it. Yeah, great. In, in the top right corner, I've double underlined an exclamation point and no stats, so I didn't allow <laughs> myself to go look up any stats to do this whatsoever. It's really funny. Well, I, it's I might good. as well have written it while I was driving. To be honest, I mean, it's like you, <laughs> you countered my like ridiculous like spreadsheet. Well, that was so my it's... idea. I was like, yeah. you can be the really prepared stats nerd guy, and I'm just gonna go whatever whatever the hell I was thinking. Of yeah. Um. So. My, I don't know about your biggest regret. My biggest regret on this list is no Chelios. Um, yeah. well, he, uh, he was in my, my group of guys I didn't yeah. put in just because they were jerks. My spreadsheet actually has him at 17th. Um, oh, wow. But uh, I don't. I yeah, yeah, it's, super, it's too low. Uh, below King Clancy, Brad Park, Drew Doughty, Guy Lapointe, and Pierre Pilote. Um So I don't exactly know what happened there. Um I don't know. Anyway, it makes no sense to me, but I think with what he's got, like three Norse trophies, like I feel like he should be on the list. Well, um, that's the thing. Like if somebody were to argue with me, like, no, it shouldn't be 10, it should be Chalios. I'm like, well, you have to really convince me because I don't like Chalios and I'm fine with McInnes. Like yeah. that's, that's the only reason. Don't like Keith, but like in the last 10 years to me, he's the best defenseman I've seen play. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, hate Leach because of 94, but fucking if all the guy did was be amazing for about an eight-year stretch. Um, and then, you know, Chelios was just a total jerk, but man, was he ever good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he was always a total jerk. Frustrated the shit out of me. Complete jerk, yeah. Yeah, but, um, but hell I, of a hockey player. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is I did, I, I kept saying, blaming everything on, this, uh, on the uh, spreadsheet. But I actually made an editorial decision. Uh, my spreadsheet 
actually chose Paul Coffey at sixth, and I bumped him out of the top ten because <laughs> I wasn't about to have Paul Coffey in my top ten list. When I show you the picture, Paul Coffey's not even on my uh, honorable mentions list. That's cool with me. Well, I, I, I just I, I consider him to be a forward who happened to play defense. That's just the way yeah, I like I I don't I did not watch him in '95. I, my understanding is that he was a much more well-rounded player when he like really, really had a great season in 95. Yeah. And so maybe he deserved the Norris that year. I mean, he, my understanding is he had a great year. I was not watching a ton of hockey. I was only watching Leafs games, I'm pretty sure. And also less of them because of things that had happened. Um, a yeah, couple if, years if, later. if we made an offensive defenseman list, then like, yeah. Carlson and Leach and and uh, Coffee and like for sure they're all yeah. getting on. Like, yeah, yeah. Just that to me they were a little bit one dimensional, and I'm trying to go for greatest defenseman of all time, and you know. It's a, yeah, the, like the there's that one year. I'm gonna bring it up. There's this one year with Paul Coffey, um, where he like he won the Norris. Was it no? No, it was, actually it was a, a year maybe after he won the Norris. Um, I don't know. Anyway, like there's years where he like, he just scored so much and it seems really impressive, but like he was on this team where everyone was scoring this much and he, they were, they're giving him best defenseman awards. And it's like, I don't, I wasn't, I was like four when this was happening, but also like, I just can't imagine someone who scores 138 points. Um, when you're not even leading the team, let alone the league, with 138 points, you're way, way down. And you're like, I don't know what defense you're playing. And I understand Bobby Orr had 139, but like, he also was very clearly the best player on his team. Uh, no, no offense to Phil Esposito. And Paul Coffey was not. You know, he might have been the third, depending on your feelings about Messier and Curry. Anyway. I don't know. I didn't watch him play, but like I just ha- I just couldn't do it. I saw him. Yeah. I saw what the spreadsheet did. I was like, no, I, <laughs> I'm making one editorial decision on all of this, and it's to get him out of my list. So yeah, full full disclosure. Um, any other regrets you have about leaving people off? Um, well, until you mentioned Red Kelly, I'd completely forgotten he existed. So maybe that one. <laughs> um, you know, there's a, there's a few uh, few other uh, Brad Park um, I should have mentioned as well. He was on my list, and then I ended up scratching him off. And I kind of regret that because I know that if it's not for Orr and Puckman, then he's definitely got a bunch of Norrises. And yeah. you know, like if he's got cups, then everybody's like, "Well, Brad Park, Brad Park." And it's like I know everybody. Uh, you know, a lot of my uncles would always say, yeah, if it wasn't for Bobby York, like, he would have been the best in the league for years. And it was just like, I don't know, I, I guess because I didn't see him play and he doesn't have the accolades, that made me not want to put him in there. But I know he's he should definitely be in the conversation. And so I'll, even, I'll put him in that group with uh, with McKinnis, Leach, and those guys, and I'll just, uh, I don't I, I don't hate him. He's not a jerk that I, that I have to hate. But uh, yeah. uh, he, I guess he doesn't get in because... Al McKinnis has a con Smythe and a bigger slap shot. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's there's like five guys that if anybody put them in at 10, I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's fair. Like, that's all right. So there's kind of like a yeah. grouping there, but I chose Al McKinnis. Yeah, it's uh, uh, a lot of this is going off topic a bit, but a lot of the uh, the people, I, the anal- basketball analysts I follow have stopped doing lists and have started doing tiers. Yeah. Where yeah. they just, instead of having like one, two, three, they just have like tier of the very best and then the next tier and like, you're yeah, not doing like, the like, crude rankings anymore. Yeah, it's like who, who, who's an A plus, who's an yeah. A, who's an A minus, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Just because yeah. otherwise it feels unfair almost, you know? Yeah. I would also like to mention uh, both King Clancy and Georges Boucher, um, yes. who my spreadsheet didn't like as much because the awards didn't exist. Um, <laughs> though they look better on Clancy because uh, he, uh, he played later. Um, both of whom were basically the two best defenseman of their era though my understanding is Boucher sometimes plays forward played forward and um, anyway I don't have any idea I did not watch hockey back then they were playing a position that was evolving I mean at some point they were probably playing point and cover point or whatever rather than defense (laughs) but 
um, both of those guys, I also, I have no idea how to evaluate them, but I was like, Clancy came really close. He was, he was 11th on my list by my weird calculations. Um, Boucher was nowhere near that because Boucher played even earlier and like was older and, and I don't think got any, uh, heart nominations because of his age. Um, but anyway, both of those guys too are, are guys that I was like, I didn't really, and Niedemeyer, I should also mention, is also a, um, though he was lower down um, by the calculations. And, and Leach are, are guys who are, and Chara, actually, too. I forgot about Chara. Oh, no. Chara is <laughs> another guy in a in a tier that, a, a general grouping that I was like, yeah, I mean, there's only 10 spots, right? So He would be another, well, in addition to Brad Park, I agree with you completely about Brad Park, if I didn't say that already, that he is in that sort of, I know there's a bunch of guys that could have been, you know, in that like bubbly thing, but yeah, none of them are on the list. It's a, it's a little tough. Yeah. 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 All right. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Do we have to recap our lists or are you just going to post them? Um, I think we just post them, but if you want to recap them, we can recap them. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I've got four number ones. Padme number two, Harvey number three, Lidstrom four, Bork five, Pronger six, Niedermeyer seven, Shore eight, Robinson nine, and Al McInnes number ten. And I have Orr number one, Bork number two, Shore number three, Lidstrom number four, like Bill. Um, and then things get kind of confusing because of my damn Paul Coffee thing. But uh, <laughs> Padme number five, McInnes number six. Robinson number seven, Kelly uh, Harvey number eight, Kelly number nine, Pronger number ten, and honestly, really, Pronger should probably be ahead of Ray Kelly, but maybe I'll change it by the time we post this. There we go. Well, uh, yes, uh, our lists are quite close, so that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, they're also evolving, apparently. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, they're always well, evolving. I'm going to change yeah, my I mind. I think again. the only uh, the only place where we differ was uh, Niedermeyer and Kelly. I think otherwise we've got the exact same list, at least. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's good. It's quite funny, actually, given the diametrically opposed uh, approaches. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there you go. I think that's that's some kind of consensus. Well, that's good, right? Like eye yeah. test and uh, anecdotal stuff, and then you've done the, the stats thing. Yeah, yeah. And we both we both agreed to just not count Paul Coffey as the defense. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yes. No, I will not allow it. He's <laughs> not allowed. He's not allowed. All right. Uh, thank you everyone for listening and uh, we will have either another class episode soon or we might have a position ranking episode soon too we haven't quite discussed it yet so uh, please stay tuned for that and we will see you next time